0: Welcome back to Rerun Replay, the podcast where your hosts, Max and CM, revisit the movies from their childhood, mixing some television in there, see what's up in 2020, because we're in 2020. but we're looking back. We're looking back. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, Again, as always, I'm your host, Max, along with my co-host, CM. Hi, CM. How you doing? I said that already. Yeah, I know. We can say it again. I didn't say our names last time. So my
1: name is CM, and this is Max. I'm Max. The redhead. If you didn't get that. Um, how am I doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, how's your quarantine going? We're still in quarantine, it's going great. I planted a garden in Animal Crossing, looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you said last time, we're currently uh, 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 slugging away at Animal Crossing. Slugging, I don't know. I'm terraforming. You just started doing that. Slugging sounds kind of violent. Well, I mean, all you're doing is like catching and selling animals for money, so. Fair. It's not necessarily the, the greatest game in the world. I don't know. It's peaceful. It's starting to get like more like a job. If for me, I don't know about you. Hmm? I feel like beholden to check in every day and like, you know, cut, get the money tree and plant the money tree and catch the fish and do the challenges. And but then you're done. Yeah, like once you've done everything for the day, you're pretty much done. But how do you feel? Because yesterday you didn't check into Animal Crossing until much later in the day. How did you feel? Like, did you feel like, oh, my God, I have to get into Animal Crossing. I have to sell my turnips. Jokingly, yes, but
1: not really. Like, if my turnips went rotten, I'm not, like, I don't have a goal in mind to, like, build anything. So, I'm not trying to save money to build Mm -hmm. or, like, to create anything specific for the island. So, if my turnips went rotten, they went rotten.
0: See, we have a different uh, mindset for Animal Crossing. It's Um, because you're money-grubbing. That's very anti-semitic and actually true but uh, i mean he's
1: got apps to sell his turnips he's got social groups online to get his turnips not
0: true i have frequented reddit to check all of that and i do have an app that kind of makes the the process of selling your turnips more streamlined
1: this is an intervention
0: it, it could be a turn intervention. It is very warm. Um, so why are we here? Why what are we, are we discussing this week? Uh, we decided to go back even further. Uh, we're '80s, '90s babies, millennials, if you will. Um, we actually went back to the very beginning, 1980, uh, and revisited the movie Popeye. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie that well. It was one that frequented my blockbuster. Yeah, it was kind of always there. I or I don't know. I think it had like a very classic cover, like box cover. It yeah. was just kind of like white with the characters. Robin Williams was there. So, of course, that's going to be someone that you notice all the time. Which um, is funny
1: because it was his debut role. So, technically, when it first came out, nobody really knew who he was. Or was true. it that he was in Brick and Morty and then? <laughs> he was in.
0: Uh, Brick and uh, Morty. Uh, oh, my God. Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, not- He proceeded. Um, But uh, yeah, he had already been, he was already a fairly big name. Honestly, I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, I guess on on the small screen. Hmm. Um, So this was his first movie. Uh, It's surprising that, I don't know, it's almost surprising that it took that long. But I say that as someone who Robin Williams was such a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Like if there was one actor that represented my childhood and the stuff I was watching, it was Robin Williams. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, even to the point of like a little sad, but you know how like a lot of people have that celebrity who, or, you know, who when, when they pass away, like you remember where you were, yeah. or that was me with Robin Williams. I mean, I was sad with a bunch of other people passing away, but Robin Williams kind of destroyed me. And unfortunately, like I was at work that night and a customer told me it was just like, ugh, it was awful.
1: You had a breakdown.
0: I had a complete and utter mental breakdown. Pulled your hair out. Um. Yeah. I just I vomited all over that customer. Had boogers everywhere. Yeah. Boogers and vomit all out of my nose. Vomit. Um. So yeah, that was kind of um my childhood more or less was Robin Williams. So I remember him very vividly with all the stuff that I was watching. Um. But I also remember having a really hard time with this movie way back when, like it was. We'll get into it, but I think it's a difficult movie to get through. Um, (laughs) What about you? Do you remember watching this as a kid
1: or? I must have seen clips, but I don't think I saw it completely through. I couldn't have because I, I don't, it's not memorable musically, which, so that's the first surprise was we both, I think, forgot that it was a musical. So we saw music and lyrics by, and it was Harry, right? Uh. I oh, I have no idea. I wrote I mean, down, ah, Harry Nilsson. So the musical lyrics by Harry Nilsson, and I go, oh, it's a musical. I was like, it's a musical. Okay. I, I forgot that it was a musical, which means none of the songs were memorable because I was a musical kid growing up, and anything that I watched that was musical was something that I um put straight to memory. Mm-hmm. I was a kid that got the, the cassette tapes or the CDs and they had the lyrics on the inside, I was sitting there with the music learning the lyrics as I was going.
0: You weren't learning the lyrics with to this, this movie?
1: To I could have been off book in 30 <laughs> seconds. I think everyone was. That's how bad the lyrics were, but we're not there yet. But, um, yeah, I don't remember it. I, I definitely remember seeing it in Blockbuster, like, on the shelves or in Hollywood uh, video, like, all those different rentals that are all RIP. Yeah. But, um. I don't remember anything specific about it, other than Shelley Duvall, because I watched her in, um, uh, was it The Fairy Tale Story? The... Yeah,
0: it's funny. People Hi, know I'm Shelley Duvall. The funny thing to is, it. what is it? Uh, uh, Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater, fairy or, tale something theater or something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, yeah, People always know Shelley Duvall from just one of two things. It's not Popeye, even though, like, you know, she's, she's, she's great. The she's... other star... Of Popeye. Yeah. Uh, they know her from either The Shining or Shelley Duvall's um, fairy tale, something. Shining 2. For me, though, I also knew her from a computer game that was like Shelley Duvall's parrot or bird, something. In the early 90s, there were some like, you know, CD ROMs were starting to happen, and they were like, I think computer companies were. Uh, trying to get celebrities into their games to Mm. sell them. And this was like an educational game. um, And it was like starring Shelley Duvall and it was about birds. I don't remember much of it, but I think my dad got it for me. Maybe he loved Shelley Duvall. Maybe he just had a hard on for Shelley Duvall. What is that? Not right to say. Shelley Woodley was a, somewhat of a sex Apologized figure. Apologize to your father. No, never enough. You for that. owe
1: him an apology. You, you owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. Sorry, that's from the
0: movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't have like the greatest of memories of this movie, just because like it uh it to watch it back then as a kid is very similar to watching it here and now as an adult. I think, which will, I mean, honestly, it's slow. Uh, should I tell him what happened? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So
1: this was this movie was viewed um, in two parts. <laughs> we had an act one, and then I passed out. We had to do an intermission. We had to do an intermission, which lasted till the next day because I straight up fell asleep. Musical numbers and all, I fell asleep. Yeah. And then we had act two this morning Yeah, after breakfast.
0: Honestly, I don't know how much of the first half like you will forget that I'll reference and you'll forget because... <laughs> You were. I was in and out for a I mean, while. Honestly, I, was I looked it. over I and was... it was just like, and I was like, Wait, Oh, how is it? Is, yeah. This is going. Oh, uh, for our podcast listeners, um, one eye open, one eye closed, kind of twitchy. What? We've got a podcast and we've got no, a YouTube. No,
1: I, I looked like Sleeping Beauty. Oh. I like my eyes gracefully began to close as my eyelashes fluttered oh. and the wind breezed my hair.
0: Yeah. And but a glisten from my lip. To translate that for the YouTube viewers, it was like this. And for the podcast listeners, was it was like, uh, uh, sloth from the Goonies, uh, if he started Sleeping Beauty. All right. Um, so anyway, Noted. Noted. we did have to All watch right. this movie in two sittings. This movie is interesting because it is both heinously boring yeah. and ridiculously like high energy crazy. You well, don't the know budget, what's happening. See, I get, I didn't look that part up, but the budget
1: looks good. Like the Does visu- it? I think oh, visually uh, for a 1980s movie musical, yeah absolutely it's i mean it could have been done like if it were a stage production it would have been done probably in the rounds like well that kind of thing because it's all stationary it's in one spot so they had the opportunity to build a practical set which i miss from i mean everything now is cgi
0: that's actually i miss a
1: fair the point the tangible yeah well yeah. that's
0: a fair point by the way and i wanted to uh, to bring that up this is filmed like a like a stage production mm-hmm. this is filmed like a broadway show yeah um even down to the the actors that they use. The actors play multiple characters. They're multiple characters.
1: They're all character actors. They're um European circus people that they found circus people, circus actors and performers that they found to do the tumbling and all the physical action, including
0: um the he's very famous Bill Irwin. uh, Bill Irwin Yeah, Bill it's funny because like Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall, these are names that I could pick out of a hat, no problem. Bill Irwin is the other one. Uh Bill Irwin is is a I mean he is almost known then. During the film, for I, sure. I would assume I would remember have to watching be somewhat, it, yeah. uh, If you look at, like, American uh, uh, clown like professionals, and I'm talking about, like, birthday clowns. I'm talking about, like, the art of clowning. Respect. Bill Irwin, clowns. I think, is number one in America, at least for say. people who are still alive. Um, I saw him in, uh, I think, Waiting for Godot. Or Godot. Godot, I think they pronounced in that production. Uh, he was amazing. He was incredible. Um... And he was in this, and he was very good. You saw him doing, He's you know, his like what he does. He did does his thing, well. and yeah. I was like,
1: oh, I could probably watch him do like a tumbling, like ballet, and that would have been entertaining, more entertaining than any of the song numbers in this movie.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is, the movie is set up as like it's almost. There are, okay, up until you get to the baby, it is just set up as like vignettes of clowning skits, right? It's yes. It is almost to me and it's funny it took like sitting down for the second half of this movie to realize that like this movie is extremely literal to the cartoon which I'm like Because it's supposed to be funny, is that why? Um well no, not only is it like comedic it's comedic quoting a lot of It's here. comedic. Um but it's also filmed in like little vignettes almost like episodes you know, like you'd sit down to watch like a Popeye cartoon and it's not going to be an hour long in the same storyline. yeah, Right. It's just going to be like a little like thing. There's a simple conflict. There's a resolution. There's laughter throughout, you know, and that's it. Are you going it's through not. each one? Yeah.
1: And so maybe that's one of the first faults. I mean, there's a lot of faults with the music, but I'll give Harry uh, a little, what do you call it? give him an olive branch and say, maybe there's We're a reason the why lyricist the lyricist oh my and God. the music writer, there's a reason why none of his songs progress the plot uh-huh. because the plot is not linear. There's like little, like there's a conflict that gets resolved, conflict gets resolved. So there's no reason for him to create songs that would, that would move the plot along. Cause none of the songs do.
0: Yeah. Um, but going back to the where were we, the story and the well just kind of like the overall like nothing really happens no. i mean it's so slow because like things aren't really centered on plot they're more centered on these vignettes yeah. and especially in like the beginning not a lot's happening i mean like do you feel like they ran out of
1: tricks too so like the vignettes began to become repetitive like all the little fight sequences the rolling around I, I it couldn't even keep you awake in that sense because there were no new jokes or not new jokes but new tricks there were no new tricks
0: in the end i think this movie doesn't watch well because it kind of harkens back to a different type of film that is just it's really hard to watch now i mean we're talking Which about is unfortunate, like fortunate but well we're talking about like Chaplin, right it's almost yeah. classic Chaplin where these little pieces make up the greater story, but we're not really talking about plot. We're just talking about like pure entertainment clowning.
1: So it's like, as if you took, so do you think, are you saying that if you took um, Charlie Chaplin vignettes and made it into an almost two hour movie straight that you'd probably be passing out too? Cause it gets
0: old. I mean, yeah, probably. It gets old quick. I mean, look, we're talking about, you know, like we were raised with, uh, uh, especially in the 80s and 90s, bright Logions, colors, you like, know, like lots of stimulus. And now when you don't really have that, even though, again, there's like a lot of stuff happening in these frames. Yeah. It is And a lot still going on in the background. There's a so lot much.
1: of like little nuggets here and there for people that were like comic strip nerds that love the Popeye. St- comic strip there's yeah. stuff everywhere for
0: you to find. Well, even down to their movements, like these yeah. actors, the the funny thing about it is like when I watch this movie, I'm kind of skipping over to the end, but like when I watch this movie again, no, I think this is going to be the very last time I watch this movie. I was even hesitant to watch it in the first place. But that does not take away from these performances that mm-hmm. are because they are so literal to uh the cartoons, uh I think the Max Fleischer cartoons and the comic strips. It's It is so impressive. Well, they're working their asses
1: off. Oh, yeah. That you can see. Like, you're not watching the movie and going, oh, these actors are just not, like, they're collecting a paycheck and going home. Like, they're working their butt off.
0: Yeah, even down to, like, the smaller characters who, um, especially, it's funny, you kind of get it especially at the end with, like, the victory moment where, like, the whole resolution of what little plot there is is done. The plot that is legitimately shoehorned in at the last 10 minutes of the movie. Um, Their victory moments are, uh, it's almost like uh, the Peanuts gang you know when they're dancing yeah right and they all have their specific dance moves it's the same thing um, these little side characters that you've met along the way they're doing movements I, I'm i almost positive that they did in the cartoons uh, the cartoons especially hmm. um, it's its incredibly impressive and it doesn't take away from the performances it's just the movie is really hard to watch I, I don't know I feel like in
1: any case, in any musical, because it is a movie musical, the subpar musical of the 80s, I guess. But in any musical, in many cases, the music would save the piece. Like the libretto could be like, because this does have a libretto. So you have your book story, you have the spoken lines, and then you have the songs that interject to progress the plot. One, they don't project the, uh, progress the plot. But two, none of the songs are memorable except for by the Sailor Man. Yeah, which you which, knew already we know already you know. and of course so you get a little butterfly and you're like ooh that song finally after you've been hearing it hinted at the entire score for the entire movie but none of the songs in the rest of the movie are memorable in any way well, whatsoever yeah. so it doesn't save it like if for anything you could watch a bad movie musical just for the great songs like i might get a little like slap in the face from this from somebody online i'm sure i'm not a huge fan of tommy Tommy the Rock musical, I fall asleep a lot, but there are songs in it that you can't help but love. Like, it has good music, sorry, and the fact that Tina Turner appears in it and sings a song, Elton John in the movie. Like, it's a great—there are great scenes with great music in it, but in this, there are great scenes with really bad music that are repetitive.
0: Well, here's a question for you, and and, because— so i don't know if i got my point across no 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 definitely did here's the thing like i'm i'm not i have experience with musical theater i've seen a broadway show or two um but i'm never going to say like i'm an expert in in broadway what you just described to me made a lot of sense and i completely agree um my question to you is this and this was kind of my theory tell me if i'm wrong uh Way back when, there was a guy who told me that one of the rules of musical theater is the character starts singing when the emotions are just so strong, Correct. right? That did not follow that rule. By the way, shout out to Jeff Hess <laughs> in Miami, Florida. Um, uh, <laughs> that so <laughs> A teacher of music theater. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't follow that rule. Um, not at all. It, it didn't even... Because sometimes songs
1: can say set the tone and the world that you're in which the very first number of the movie i'm like okay i can get past that it kind of gives you that like sailor feel you're on the ocean things
0: like that sweet haven sweet haven it's cute i think three times sweet sweet haven are we gonna just talk about musical lyrics right now we shouldn't spend that much talking about time i know because i could talk forever about this music
1: but here's the thing so one the songs are horribly written the the poor guy, um oh gosh, I gotta say his name correct because he does, he deserves respect. Harry Nielsen. Okay. Harry Nielsen wrote the music and lyrics. This guy was very famous in the seventies. He's was he was considered the American Beatle. And when the Beatles came to America and they asked him who's your favorite singer, they were like our favorite artist or band. They said Harry Nielsen.
0: Wait, is this the fifth Beatle? there was always like the fifth beetle so he has a
1: three and a half octave range tenor a beautiful voice and he sang songs like without you look it up on youtube without you by harry Nilsson, and you'll instantly recognize it but the one that everyone quotes but has probably many of them never heard is you put the lime in the coconut that's him which makes sense when you think about you put the lime in the coconut but imagine watching this musical seeing the lime in the coconut. For almost two hours. Yeah. Because everything is that. It's repetitive and it goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of the thing. I mean, like, I think when they show clips of this movie, uh, they show Shelley Duvall singing He's large he's big
1: i have to give her credit though there's something about Shelley duvall's voice which in a good musical would be very charming and sweet oh. but you're not going to give her seven numbers singing by herself doing solos which is what they did
0: well okay here's <laughs> the thing and, and again like i don't want to shit all over this movie and actually it's funny because like I think what saves this movie, if you really want to watch it, is you're not going to watch it for the plot. You're going to watch it for the performances. Yeah. And I will say Shelley Duvall was perfectly cast. Yeah. Robin Williams is always perfectly cast. Yeah. What movies Robin Williams not perfectly cast in? He's one of my favorites. I will argue. And the
1: comments explode. I
0: will argue <laughs> any one of them. He's always perfectly cast. He was one of, if not the most talented person at least in my generation, the other one I feel like before is, my generation, like I but. can't say
1: one that he wasn't he was badly um, cast in, but I do think one that people forget that he doesn't get enough credit for is the bat in Ferngully. Oh yeah, well that like, was not his enough first... people give him enough credit for that. It's funny. This it, kind if of This forgotten. was his
0: first movie. That was his first uh, voice acting gig. That was before the genie. Makes sense, you know, and yeah. like. The man you
1: can see the, the genie influences in that performance for sure Sure,
0: that man was an absolute genius and truly and utterly, what a loss yeah. what an absolute loss. I will say uh, oh, another then, attractive thing just just saying? all of the other characters like they're all perfect they're, they're, they're all great they're all fantastic. It's
1: not their fault like I think maybe at the end of this we'll we'll throughout the conversation we'll figure out the end maybe you'll say and I'll say what whose fault is it? In the end, whose fault whose is it? Fault because is there are it? so many big players in this that you're like, who who effed up? Somebody sat there and was asleep at the at the driving wheel, and you had all the kids playing in the back of the car, and the car was about this close to crashing every time. Mm,
0: okay, don't forget to go back to that I, I will. I have a different. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But what okay. Were you gonna say I won't before? forget.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, some of the saving graces for me as. An, an artist, an artist. <laughs> You're an artist. You're I guess a I'm an artist. artist. I create and, artist. and I, I used to do musical theater and who knows that may happen
0: later. Guys, who knows? When I'm old and gray, Do you have a role in Tommy to give this guy. Probably not because all the theaters are closing. <laughs> continue. <laughs> oh, oh no. no.
1: Reality. No. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Some of the saving graces are like one. I mentioned the practical set. I really miss practical sets. Things like that you would see in the movie Waterworld. <laughs> Another mm. great one.
0: But like And also very similar set. T- very similar set. Yeah.
1: But it's it's tangible. It's it's obviously real. But because it's so real, you can see so much texture and so much work that went into it. Mm. And that's something that gives it a lot of um I want to say pathos, or that's not the right word. Well, the, the,
0: if in, uh, this might be what you're saying, but it's almost the same thing as like when you talk about sex in the city, like it's the four women, who's the fifth character? It's New York City. Correct. So a character in this is definitely the town. Sweet Haven. And I mean, the way Sweet that the actors. Haven. Yeah.
1: Sweet Haven. Sweet Haven. See, that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> um, but the, the town is definitely a character. And in, in the way that the actors interact with the town. It's definitely like one of those comedies. The big show that's going around right now is the the play that goes wrong, right?
0: Oh is that what it's called? Well, yeah, I think it was going around like a few years ago. A few but, years ago, yeah, but it's yeah. still
1: they're still doing it. They're yeah. doing different productions of different Not plays, right doing that, the play that goes wrong. And it's a comedy of errors. Like things are falling apart, things are breaking, people are falling through walls and windows. Like the set is as much a character as the actors are. And the other saving grace are the the costumes. I think the costumes are so cleverly designed. And they're so specific to the comic, but made real in a weird way because they've dimmed the colors down. They've given them different textures. But one of the my favorite, and this is kind of skipping to the end of the movie, but uh, one of my favorite things that they did was when they reveal um, my papa, or me papa, the, the, the father, o- the father, senior, senior, Popeye senior, Popeye senior. He's in black and white. He's in a black and white sailor uniform. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Right. Wait, I, ladies and wh- gentlemen, I'm going on okay. Google.
0: Well, what's your point though? My whole so, point is
1: that it's a clever nod to the original Popeye. It's like a comp, the, the black and white comic strip, it's a nod to the old, to the new. It's like a handing of the baton. I don't know. That's how I saw it. And I think that might have been um,
0: what the costume designer was trying to do. Me, Popeye, and Popeye. Sorry, I think I am that. Well, for me, and I agree, like the costumes were incredibly intentional, but I think it was, it was so literal. I don't think there was a lot of subtext with any of the costumes. So like even to the point where there's a a party scene where Olive Oil is, um, I guess at at the beginning of the movie, she's engaged to, uh, Bluto and they're having like an engagement party. He's great. That actor.
1: Yeah. He was, well. He's from Massachusetts. He died in Israel.
0: Oh, is he a Jew from Massachusetts? he must be a that i couldn't israel. see
1: anywhere he must be i mean yeah. he went back to israel to to pass away yeah you know, he looked
0: it's funny because he kind of to me um was very similar to like his energy was very similar to zero mostel from fiddler on the roof they had that same kind of intensity yeah. Yeah. which i guess you would get well i i don't know if he's from israel but it's he i thought he might may have been okay so me papa is credited
1: as poop deck pappy Poop Deck Packy—that pack-y, is Popeye's pack-y. dad. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Um, well, so he was—he was a character already. I think I th- would be surprised if any of these characters were not like pre-existing oh, characters in some, in some way. Yeah, he totally was. So he was. Um, but let me see. Poop but the thing is, movie. see, his—I mean, all of them were black and white see? to an extent. I, but that's navy colors. It's not black no, and white it's to me. Not. I don't know.
1: I, it's I, funny because look, and then in this picture, it looks like it's like almost like a light
0: faded blue to me and this is for both the youtube listeners and the podcast listeners who cannot see your computer who else is it for Uh, max
1: who's it for but for your ego for god oh my lord
0: (laughs) exactly um for to me it's always every costume is just so incredibly literal they try even down to the shoes the shoes are because uh in the cartoon yeah their feet are really big um you can see it especially with olive oil her shoes are gigantic like clown shoes i mean it makes complete sense they are clowning in the yeah. end, but they're also it's it's but literal. These, I mean, and these, but sub, these are sub, these are uh, all surface. saving graces, I think. Yeah, I know exactly. If yeah. that was the goal of the production, like Bravo, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. So the costumes, I think, were huge positive for this. Uh, the casting was great. The costumes are are. I would love to see those costumes now. I would love to see them in person. It's kind of like the museum of the moving image yeah. when like you watch Labyrinth, you grow up on it, you see like. You know david bowie's costume i would love to see that same kind of display for these popeye costumes i was so impressed they probably burned it all at the end <laughs> in shame that would be so sad no they wouldn't. um they wouldn't. That but, stuff's all
1: in a vault somewhere
0: hopefully hopefully um uh what else was really good i mean it's almost like i i know that we were saying so many negatives about the music yeah but in a weird way and this is not true for all of the songs in a weird way, there were a few that were like great. Question mark. Like the work?
1: nursery song when they're singing the lullaby. Yes. Well, yes.
0: that's probably the best one. There's uh, subtext in it, right? And there's no subtext in most of the songs. Yeah. But there's subtext, kind of. Other. Like... And and magically,
1: the tempo matches the singing. Okay. It's soft. It's sweet. It's not. They're not, nobody's belting out in this, in this movie. There is not, there's no 11 o'clock number. Nobody's singing Defying Gravity. No one's singing. And I'm telling you, that's not happening in this movie. But the one thing that kind of like where the stars aligned was that. Yeah. The nursery lullaby song to Sweet Pea.
0: I think it also helps that it was a very quiet scene. So you get to just concentrate on uh, Popeye and olive oil and this weird baby and like, that's it. And Robin Williams, who I love to death, also wasn't doing kind of the gruff part of Popeye's voice. It was softer. It was yeah. just softer. So you just kind of got to see like, you know, vulnerability and what do these characters actually want? Which everyone is, is so again, everything's so surface, like Wimpy is the character who loves burgers, and that's legitimately all there is to this the character. Scam artist for he him. straight up trades Sweet Pea <clears throat> the baby for a burger. That's it. That's all he does. He is the worst, the worst person. I don't know on this if that's t- smart writing
1: or straight up lazy. Oh, it's horrible. It's like real bad. Like that's all you could do for that
0: character. Yeah.
1: Like I feel like it would have been smarter and more inventive to have him love burgers but he doesn't have to go as far as to trade a baby for burgers. No, I mean there he could be have been, dimwitted, so like, like stupid enough to do something like that.
0: You're already dealing with like the 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 tax part of this movie, where like Ugh. these citizens are paying money for every. I mean, it gets we old. haven't even gotten to the the what is what there is of a plot. But basically, like just to kind of go back a second, here's the structure of the movie: There's a dictator, kind of. Yeah, Popeye gets to town. Everyone hates him. For no reason whatsoever. Because he's he's a stranger. Everyone's weary of the stranger. And actually thinking about it again, Popeye kind of has like Gollum complex. Like he one he has one eye, he's he's kind of malformed. He has like elephantitis or lymphedema on his arms and his legs, and he's Constantly talking to himself, Live like all of them, like, like, oh, how you doing? Nobody likes you. Oh, what's going on? Oh, they all hate you. It's like, whoa. He's Doctor Zard. Yeah, as Zardon. Zardon. That would. Oh, uh, that. What a great cameo! Six Hundred Pound Life. Watch it. Good uh, stuff. Great cameo. Great that would TV. Be. Maybe he was there. He's old enough. Aww. Um, and so he shows up. Uh, he rents a room from the oils, the oil family, the oil clan. Olive oil's the worst. Um, she's about to get married to Bluto. Uh, then they find a baby together and then they fall they in love. They don't find the
1: baby. Somebody oh. gave them the baby. Yeah. Somebody just dropped so off they, the baby. So here's my, one of my problems. So talking about that little section. So Olive Oil is running away from the wedding with Pluto. Plu, I want to say Pluto. Bluto. Pluto. Um, cause she doesn't want to marry him for good reason. So she's running away. She runs into Popeye on the, the shore, uh, or on the pier. <laughs> And they run into each other and they kind of have this indirect, um, conversation slash song of them, um, him helping her, but her not asking for help. So something that really kind of got old for me and got annoyed me about the character was she, Olive Oil's character was very, and this has nothing to do with the actress, but just how they wrote her was that she was very whiny and and nothing was good, but everything was horrible. And so that's her voice in the cartoon. She, I mean, oh she everything was negative yeah See, kind of i don't i don't remember oh, reading it i i don't, so even I don't know. know
0: if it's if it's everything's negative but you know she talks like eh. yeah yeah that's not what
1: i'm talking about i love yeah. that like i think the characterization that stuff's oh. great i'm talking about the actual context of what she talks about she's a beginning
0: yeah she's a okay. total
1: She, nothing's great, but then Popeye saves her, but she's like, but I'm not asking for help. I'm not asking you to help me escape this marriage from Bluto. I'm not asking. So the scene is going down and it's as if they were like, oh, (laughs) we have to introduce Sweet Pea. We have to put the baby in this movie. So all of a sudden the song is going on. They sit down and behind this creepy stairs, a hand reaches out and swaps out her basket that she was running away with, with a basket with the baby in
0: it. Which mind you, so... Rewinding, when Popeye first gets into town and he is going to the oils house, mm-hmm. he actually passes by that character. There are like two characters in the background of about the, bearded of the man? first half of the movie. There's the bearded man who acts like a pigeon; all of his movements are pigeon-like. Yeah, I don't there's know what that the guy. Hell, that was. And then there's kind of like a beggar woman, and she's the one her. who switches the baskets. And I could be wrong. Honestly, I have to go back, and I'm kind of curious enough to actually do this. Uh, to when I, when they were passing by her, I think it was Shelley Duvall who was playing that character as well. Like, did not talk at all, didn't say a thing, just turned like you only saw like a little bit of her face. I think it was Shelley Duvall.
1: Which is fine. It's the director being clever, but when there's no payoff, I'm like, eh. Just like you seeing the the bearded, what looks like a caveman behind every scene and then all of a sudden he stops showing up. At least yeah. he just stops showing up in this second act when we, I woke up again and we started watching it. Yeah. He's no longer in it after they get the baby. When yeah. they, when they when they essentially become a family.
0: Once that baby gets in, I mean, the movie changes. It's it actually a lot easier to watch. And it's a better movie. There are there's actually stuff happening.
1: Well, there's also higher stakes because they're trying to protect their baby, which is something that a lot of people can relate to. True. You know, so that, that happens. But at the same time, they still never defined Pi Pi helping all of them falling in love. Really, they're falling in love for the baby.
0: Well... So, is what it
1: seems like in the movie, and that's how they become a family because they both want to help the child, and in turn, they see the good in each other because they want both want to help the baby, and so they become a family. It, look, but it happens so fast, and there's yeah. no song to progress the plot to help them fall in love quickly, like you would in a normal musical. And then maybe the lullaby can be can can be argued that that lullaby song is it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, which I could see, to but be fair, I don't buy classic, it. Classic musical theater, right? She's still being a bitch in that song.
0: Mm no, I don't agree with you. Here's okay. Okay. Here's, here's my take. And I'm actually really happy that we're talking about this movie because in a weird way, the movie works better than I initially thought. I'll tell you why. Uh So the songs are bad, but in a weird way, they are helping this argument because they are so surface level that everything is just like told to you right off the bat. Popeye comes to town originally because he's looking for his father who he hasn't seen since he was like two years old. Um, that's all he wants is, like, family. That's it. 100%. That's what Popeye wants. But so he doesn't
1: spend much of the movie
0: looking for him. The father? Well, he just gets to town. And he gets given the baby yeah. maybe, like, two days after he gets to town. Yeah. Um, so he's looking for family. He gets sweet pea. That is an obvious way that he gets family. That's one. Um. He obviously uh, uh, is interested in olive oil, like, right off the bat. She isn't with him. The thing about Olive Oil is, at first, all we see is, like, she's a bitch. She's uh, about to get married to Bluto, who she doesn't really like. All she can really say is, like, he's large, and he's got money, and that's it. Her family's garbage. Uh, That's why the father
1: keeps saying, you owe me an apology. Yeah, great,
0: great gimmick. That's actually the only recurring (laughs) joke that every time was very funny. Uh, Olive Oil's father kept telling everyone, you owe me an apology. It's really funny. It's simple. It's funny. Um, Olive Oil eventually she has a song where she says like he needs me like she just needs someone to take care of and i think that's why she's so infatuated with the baby so like the thing is they start kind of laying down these little uh clues that make the characters make more sense than just surface level with that said that is only popeye that is only olive oil uh and popeye's father i think those are the only characters that really have Mm. any kind of character journey I, I don't think that's that's far off this scene. No,
1: um, I don't know if this is true, but you were just thinking, speaking about the song He Needs Me, and it's funny, the way that it's filmed, like it's in, the, it's late at night, it's on the pier, it's on the water, she's singing He Needs Me repetitively. And it's funny because there was a musical of Oliver from, I want to say 1960s, it's in mm-hmm. color. Um, and uh, Nancy, the character who's like the, the barmaid, sings as long as he needs me in exactly the same way. She's walking in the dark on a pier. I'm like, oh, maybe it was like... There are probably, if I look back now, I might find like other nods to other musicals, but they weren't so in your face that you would notice them while watching. And I think... I mean, maybe that was clever. There's probably... Honestly, thinking about the little hidden nuggets he has in there, the characters, every single, uh, person in the town is a character I'm guessing from the comics. So if you've read the comics, you're going to be able to name every character, which is, which is awesome. And it's very, it's clever, but when there's no payoff for me, uh, it's clever for no clever, like for nothing.
0: What I can respect from any of these performances. And again, I think the performances are, are really, truly wonderful. They're so literal that they're wonderful. Uh, I think it's incredible that they concentrated on, you know, maybe like this is just a character who is in the background of some panels. Okay. There's nothing to this character. Make sure that you're doing something in every shot. And like, even in like, I there's know, a boxing match. So like at one point randomly, um, all of a sudden all of oil is broken off the, um, uh, engagement, engagement to Bluto. Bluto's pissed and he kind of controls the taxes again. Like there are taxes for everything that all of a sudden they're just in debt. Like, uh, their entire house is being taken away because they're so in debt. So they, there is a like underground boxing match that Olive Oil's brother enters, then gets the kicked okay. out of him, and then Popeye enters and he wins because he's Popeye. Yeah. Um, but the uh, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about the brother getting knocked out and like literally skyrocketing uh, across the uh, the way. Um, which was hilarious it was really funny It's funny
1: funny, but then there are things like that so like anytime there were things flying
0: (laughs) i don't know what you were talking about um well you know girl i don't know listen stuff happens eventually things didn't happen then stuff happens i was talking about things being clever
1: and that it was clever for nothing like oh there was no payoff
0: thank you so much there you go um uh they're showing the boxing match and you see that this is not talking about no payoff Uh, In the bleachers, people are always doing stuff. They're always having little moments. There are like just tons of little moments there. Thumbs up for the podcast. (laughs) Okay, so like here's
1: another one that's like reading about like fun facts afterwards. You find out and you go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But like, had I known that during the film, I probably would have gotten something more out of it. But the fact that uh, Bill Irwin, his character in the movie, is supposed to be a character that appeared in the first comic strip that Popeye was in, and he was the original husband to be for Olive Oil. So oh. during the wedding scene, if you look in the background, uh, you can see him being upset that she's getting married. He's that she's getting married to um, Bluto. Oh, so he's in the background doing that, and that was his character's name for the whole movie.
0: Yeah, that would have been fun. Too. That would well, have been interesting yeah. to know
1: to look out for. You could have had him say a couple of lines. You know, maybe that was the jealous guy in town, like the jealous buffoon, because yeah. he's literally just throwing himself around like a rag doll, and it's hilarious. And that's Bill Irwin. But
0: yeah, he, I mean, he didn't really say anything. Along with a lot of it the other characters, he was clever for nothing. Well, they just make a lot of noise. It's like it's <laughs> <laughs> really like half the script is just like noise. Speaking of noise, like uh, he uh, he does those grunts, the
1: Popeye grunts. All those grunting words and stuff that he did during filming, he had to read up. Yeah, of course, they was were ADR. inaudible.
0: Did you think that it was live with no. the, the thing in his mouth?
1: I, I mean, it's very Robin Williams-esque, but I, so I was like, oh, okay. But and now that you say it after, you're like, oh, they definitely had to rerecord that yeah, stuff. Yeah, makes sense. makes sense.
0: everything. I, I'm yeah. guessing that everyone had to. Um, uh, uh, oh, and by the way, to go back to the story, so we, I think we got as far mm-hmm. as like, uh, they find the baby. They sing in front of the baby. They fall in love, but then all of a sudden we find out that the baby is psychic, which is like so weird. And is it, psychic is the right word, or I guess yeah, he sees the future and he, he sees the future. Yeah, yeah. he can so, predict like,
1: things. He can. Um, and it's so. I yeah. mean, it's
0: shoehorned in. And he, honestly, in That's the comics,
1: is that a thing in the comics? I have no idea.
0: Feel free to let us know if it is. So there are ideas. Um, he whistles, right? So basically, yeah. like. After the boxing match, everyone's all happy and dandy. They have this new baby, and Olive Oil is like, "I asked if Popeye was going to get killed, and Sweepy said no." And I was like, "What? He knew? How did he know?" Ooh. And so, like, they're like, uh, uh, "Sweepy, will Popeye die?" No. Sweepy, will Popeye win? And he whistles.
1: Let me just say this: the animation going on on Max's face was nothing. On the baby's face, the baby's oh. face did not move with any of the audio cues. On, I mean,
0: what you, this is a straight-up
1: baby. But no, but they even did that. Uh, I don't want to go back to music and lyrics, but anytime there was chorus singing, nobody was singing in the background. Nobody's mouth was moving. They Listen. just had it like music playing over the fact that Listen. this town was moving around.
0: This was a baby. It's like they
1: plugged the music in and the whistles in afterwards.
0: My <laughs> God. <laughs> the, the the adult actors like not being like on cue on the words honestly with production everything like you can say maybe that's their fault you cannot say this baby was at fault with their performance no no no
1: <laughs> baby whistle (laughs) no but they could have done there are so many tricks they could have done to get the baby to to just make one whistle face and then just copy that mother through the whole thing this was
0: 1980 which is uh one year after 1979 let's keep that in the big picture okay um also this baby was tortured on set obviously no Half the time, the baby is crying.
1: That was the grandchild of the director. Oh, no. So he got that baby for cheap, yeah? Well,
0: yeah, probably nothing. That baby was honestly probably tortured. There was like the scene where how was how the parrot was the like the racetrack. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, and like everyone's screaming. The baby's like, ah, this is hell.
1: Play with my baby around water. Yeah, Lots of oh, water.
0: Man. man. Uh, <laughs> they actually went through two babies. Did you know that? No, I didn't. One of them drowned. Shut up. Yeah. Man. He's lying. <laughs> That's who the movie is dedicated to. Um, oh, that Lord. baby would be 72 today. Oh, um, no, it's not true. Also, 72. this movie is 40 years old. Let's also keep that it's in mind. It's
1: 40 years old. It is at a time when Walt Disney was not known for doing live action films. He um,
0: was only known for hating Jews. So up. moving on with the plot. <laughs> um, uh, no, Walt
1: Disney did live action films. It's just that there were certain ones that they did partners with. They partnered this with Paramount. Mm. But I feel like Paramount definitely had a hand because had Walt Disney had their hand in it, it would be a completely different movie. I feel like maybe mm. they gave them funds; they gave them enough funds to make it look good. But beyond that, they're like, "You're on your own." I don't know. That's I mean,
0: it. again, I think the That's movie the feeling looked I fine, and I think this was their goal to make a movie like this, and I think they succeeded. You know, if that any, was their goal, any and yeah. all faults are just that it doesn't necessarily um, translate to 2020. Um, Do you think there's any one thing that could have fixed it? No, because I don't know if really Popeye, how the character is back then. Popeye hasn't been a character who's evolved, right? The last Popeye cartoon was, I think they maybe tried something in like the early 90s. Fair, but I feel like when it comes
1: to movies, movies have a way of making things timeless. And cliche enough there are a lot of musicals that are timeless but because of their music so i could argue for days that had the music been good enough the popeye character in this movie would still be relevant today it would be something that people might reference if not for the fact that it's the popeye comic character but the fact that it's a movie musical
0: honestly i would bring up cats with that what do you mean i think cats is a similar movie nowadays to this movie, Popeye, forty years ago, in the sense that, and I oh, have not seen a popular Cats. Property well, property or something. Here's and... the thing: and Cats even has music <clears throat> that the audience goes in knowing and yeah. maybe loving. But from what I hear, there's not much of a plot. Not a lot happens. There never was a it's plot. It's just vignettes of introducing characters. That's it, right?
1: Well, it's yeah, it's one night, uh, the special night that one cat gets chosen to go to heaven. Essentially,
0: okay. It's the I end of be their nine lives, it very much intoxicated at some point. Um, but actually, here's something I wanted to bring up. I was today when we were watching the second act i was kind of thinking about like what is this movie like what does it kind of remind me of And in a weird way it reminds me of adam's family you're
1: talking about the musical adam's family no no
0: no just like the movies from uh from the late 80s when was the first one i can't remember i mean again uh, amazing movie from our childhood but you have basically two existing properties you have popeye and the adams family and you have one that is incredibly literal, Popeye, right? And it doesn't, it's not flexible enough to really translate. Then you have the Addams Family, and the Addams Family, they took a lot of liberties with, right? You, instead of doing something that is so reminiscent of the original animation, you know, Gomez is kind of like squat and like hideous looking, Um, You have Raul Julia, who is like, I mean, he has like prestige to him. Yeah. You know, again, talk about like an amazing actor who he lost like way too soon. This can't be right. Like
1: 80 or 93. Out of Adam's Family Values. That's that's the second second one, one, right? Yeah.
0: Um, So anyway, I think that if you have it kind of flexible, if you play with it a little bit and kind of bring the property, you know, to the time, you can have something like the Adam's Family versus Popeye, where it's like. This is for this specific time, and that's it. I see what you're saying. That's all. That's just
1: like when they did um, the Beverly Beverly Hillbillies. When they did that movie of the television show, they took the hillbillies and put them in present-day, like, metropolitan scenarios, which is hilarious, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to leaving them in the back, like, in the storylines of – whatever year in black and white
0: honestly it would probably still work today i'd actually be curious to watch that movie now and you see mean if a it popeyes still works. or uh, uh Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies, yeah honestly, I, I think it would work yeah um oh so anyway psychic baby bluto finds out bluto kidnaps baby all of a sudden they introduce popeye's father who is also the commodore
1: yeah that i didn't like
0: then like he's been kind of stealing from people for years 91. through like taxes uh at families from 91 um and then bluto turns on him that day and then he goes to find popeye's father's buried treasure
1: and bluto is beating up on popeye and doesn't know that popeye is the son of the commodore
0: honestly it's just like i mean they the resolution of this movie is just like shoved in the last yeah. i will give them even like 15 minutes i think that's being nice and it's just like all of a sudden yeah. olive oil's kidnapped and it's just like, can we just finish already? It's the most exciting point of the movie, but it's just been such a slog through that you're just like, I'm, I'm done. Just like, just finish. Get the spinach. You know, everyone knows that when Popeye eats spinach, she becomes a roided out monster, which is terrifying. The
1: weirdest thing. Yo,
0: Popeye. So Bluto shoves spinach in Popeye's mouth. Popeye doesn't want to eat it. The entire movie shoves it in his mouth forcefully, which is already gross. (laughs) Um, then he kind of drowns. And then all of a sudden, like there's like boiling water. It's like, Oh, he's transforming. And then Popeye's arms are already really weird. Like, but you can kind of pass it off. They are straight up just like boulders with like a tiny fist at the end. And it just goes up from the water, like sword in the stone, uh, stone style. And it's so quick and it's so jarring that my reaction was just like, huh?
1: <laughs> I don't know that they could do that nowadays. An audience would not buy that.
0: No, I don't think any. I mean, it's again, but here's literal th- cartoon.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing. So you say literal cartoon. And so might it have fixed the film if they didn't make the world that it was in visually looks so tangible and real. Like maybe everything should have been cartoony colors, like bright and vibrant. And even though this town is supposed to look a little rundown and let instead of it be grays and Browns and stuff like that, and, and beige colors maybe have like faded blues, faded reds, faded oranges, but still have vibrant colors to heart, you know? So in a weird, it, 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 there I mean, was a, an, an imbalance.
0: It makes certain things stand out really well. I mean, olive oil always stands out. The baby always stands out. and yeah. blues for the baby. But then I think about like the end where, so Bluto gets punched. He gets uppercutted oh, once. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's swimming off in yellow, you know, cowardly yellow. And it's just like.
1: They even, they even remark on it. They go, yeah. oh, look, Bluto, he's in yeah. yellow now.
0: They probably ADR'd it because they were, audience members were just like, who is that? Why,
1: who is that? Why and they is go, oh, the, it's
0: like Gordon's Fisherman swimming away. Like what's happening? Yeah, it was it was weird, um, and that's like one of the last images you get from the movie you before know what, everyone's dancing yeah. like Peanuts characters. You know, it's
1: funny. This almost would have been more successful if they had approached it kind of like they did the Flintstones movie. The Flintstone yeah. has gags like it, but the world that they set it in, with the Jim Henson Muppets and things like that, made it cartoony. It made it look like a cartoon. The set pieces were rounded off. The doors looked rounded. This furniture that they were on, everything in the movie was cartoon mm. except for the fact that you had a human face
0: well but again i think that deals with the fact that these characters are not fleshed out like we got a little bit from Pope the olive popeye olive oil characters. yeah they're yeah. not fleshed out at all with the flintstones movie like again you talk about performances yeah uh the friendship of um um fred and barney yeah you know like And then
1: Wilma. Yeah. All their friendships are very strong.
0: Well, it kind of sucks because like, again, you know, when you think about like that movie, I think they kind of spoiled it with like the sequel that they did, you know, with like Alan Cumming as the little wizard kazoo, the great kazoo or something like that. Yeah. I don't like it. Because those performances from the first one are good and the casting was so spot on it's such a, it's actually a good movie yeah. you know the only questionable with Halle no. Berry in it actually even Halle Berry's good in that movie you know yeah. starting off as like kind the of like
1: sexy office worker again
0: we should go into that movie as well it's a good movie that's a good from one. what I remember um that's but, what
1: this should have been
0: yeah but again like it's a different time you know this is obviously more of in a weird way it's from 1980 but it's more of a 70s movie you know like it's, it is more
1: seventies, yeah. And there was
0: good stuff in the seventies, but when we're talking about like taking a cartoon, bringing it into the present, and like really fleshing out these characters—not caricatures, but characters—I don't think they were doing that in the seventies. Yeah. They started doing that in the eighties.
1: You know, like. Do you th- so like in my research, I found like that the uh, when they chose to do Popeye, Paramount chose to do Popeye. They only did it because they lost a bidding war with Columbia over the movie Annie so maybe it's because they they forced this. They wanted the the head heads of Paramount wanted a movie musical. Yeah, they wanted that. And so when Annie came up as available to become a a live action film after being on Broadway and having a comic strip, they were like, we're going to bid for this. We need this movie musical because they wanted one so badly. And then when they lost the bidding war against Columbia, they had an executive meeting and somebody randomly said, well, what about Popeye? And then Mm. that idea just kind of ran. And they were starting from scratch, essentially. But I think they were starting with scratch with people that should not have been putting their hands on it in a a weird way. Either um, the choice was they shouldn't have chosen Popeye, or the choice was, or the wrong choice was the director and the music and lyricist and librettist. The, I mean, I'm looking. I looked up the screenwriter, and I don't know anything he's written before. I mean, and a lot of the stuff prior to Popeye, I'll say like contributed to, which means what he edited a line or two. Yeah. And you have him responsible for bringing this character from comic book to screen for the first time. Like, y'all messed up.
0: I don't know. I don't think they messed up. I think this was very much the movie that they were trying, like they were setting out to make. I don't blame them for it. I just think it's like... So blaming
1: them, who do you blame?
0: Oh, going back to Uh, that. Well, that's actually what I was going to say. So
1: we can't blame the actors.
0: Well, I don't blame anyone. And I say that as this is a movie that kind of, kind of got caught in the crosshairs of like the 70s to the 80s before things were kind of like already on the forefront of like fleshing out characters really concentrating on story mm. not just saying like oh popeyes for kids resting on not, their laurels we yeah. don't really have to do much you know let's like make everything very surface because this is a movie for kids yeah you know like first and foremost so what are you going to do? Have like some ballad that is like super, super, you know, like, uh, uh, subtly written. And the subtext is like, Oh, this means that this means that you can't do oh, that. I could
1: argue with that. I'm just, I'm just Cause saying you had like, like Dr. Doolittle, which was a, a musical live action with, um, Oh gosh. Uh, uh, from my fair lady. Oh gosh. And Anthony Newley played like a young man. And like uh, the music in that is gorgeous i and but that's sophisticated yeah. music and that's a kid's musical but that I, adults uh, enjoy watching no,
0: i think that there even back then you could make an argument that there was difference between like family musicals and children's musicals and you think this was children's this is a children's musical Ugh. i mean it's the reality of it i don't think anyone's to blame that's a movie they were trying to make Fair. it's just like imagine putting like a I'd four-year-old be, in front of a tv and having them i was watch gonna say right i now. would
1: be curious to see how like some little kids in our family or something if we were to put it on in front of them what they would if they would fall asleep yeah, like i, mean, I did yeah. or if they would actually sit there and be like
0: oh, oh, oh i think they'd hate it
1: you think they would hate it i think
0: they'd hate it honestly yeah. they also would be like who who the hell is this why is his eye like that i can't understand what he's saying you know it's like true. yeah i mean honestly yeah, sorry, they dude. don't
1: they don't explain any of it no they don't say why he has the eye thing you know nothing yeah.
0: Uh you have so, any other trivia? Uh
1: any other trivia? Um let's see. Any other trivia? Oh, I do have a funny moment to share which I have to share because it was such a I had to take a breath during the the second watching of Act 2 and that was when Olive Oil is singing he needs me on the pier and it was so at that point you're like I'm done watching this poor woman sing these poor songs. Um and the townspeople, it cuts to the townspeople closing the windows on her. So all that was missing in that scene was for like a New Yorker to be like, shut the hell up. Oh my up. God. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> because it she's was like singing she's her like, heart
0: she out. She needs me. Yeah. Boom. Boom. And like, like people are like God. closing their
1: windows and she's still going. It was, if that wasn't their intention editing wise, I feel like somebody was in the editing room just going, I got this song and just like put that in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, because it was it's funny, it's funny, but it's funny because if how we felt in the moment of watching that after watching what an yeah. hour of the film. Yeah. So I feel like the editors were having a joke.
0: Uh, so any other trivia that you want to go over?
1: So one of the things I found interesting was, I don't have to read this from here cause I'm going to get it wrong. Um, the screen screenwriter, their original intention in the movie was to include the magical pet that Popeye had. Do you know what the pet is? No. Okay. Cause we both aren't that familiar, but, um, he had a pet called Eugene the Jeep. Whatever that is, I don't know. But the Eugene, Jeep? The Jeep. J-E-E-P? Yeah. Eugene, the Jeep. J E E P? Yeah. Eugene, the Jeep. And the Jeep was ultimately left out, but they gave, I guess that character, his pet, had like clairvoyance. They gave that clairvoyance to Sweepy.
0: <laughs> the baby is a mix of a Jeep, whatever that an is, an animal. And a baby. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Bravo. Go. Bravo. Yeah, there you go. That's amazing.
1: Um, could you have imagined Olive Oil being played by Gilda Radner?
0: uh yeah I can actually yeah. it it would have been great who, that's who the
1: producers wanted but the director wanted uh Shelley Duvall and held out for her Look, like he kept holding on still really good casting I love Shelley it Duvall it just would have
0: been uh it would have been really different it would have been um a little bit more brazen I think because I guarantee I mean is she good casting Gilly Radner with the energy of the movie probably not but it would have been great um it would have been a really good performance um so anyway that's it Uh, We revisited Popeye. uh, We replayed Popeye. Um, Would you suggest... We will
1: not be replaying the music.
0: We're not. Honestly, I'm never going to watch this again. Uh, But feel free to give it a view if you want, if you're curious. Um, You might want to start halfway through the movie for what it's worth. Like after they get together. Yeah. It is worth, though, if you're a huge Robin Williams fan, kind of go back and see his first first time on the big screen.
1: There are things to this that if you go in with just that you would be happy with it. Like yeah. if you go in just to watch Robin Williams in his first motion picture role and you're just watching him, that's enough. But if you're looking at it to be like the best film overall for story, music, uh, everything you're going to be left wanting and just yeah. fall asleep. It's, it's a fact. True.
0: All right. Well, that was Popeye. Um, as always guys, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening with this or that, whatever you're using, um, feel free to follow us and subscribe, whether it be on the podcast app that you're listening on, or YouTube, or wherever the hell else this is. Bootleg somewhere. Subscribe and press the alert button. and Hit the like button. Hit the like button. button subscribe. Hit subscribe
1: so you know when we have new episodes. And, and comment below if you have anything to share. Oh,
0: God. On both! I'm going to get the YouTube part down, I swear. Um, all right. CM, as always, thank you. And thank you. That's pretty good. Sweet Haven.